Falcons fans, welcome in. It is episode 21 of Out of Your Falcon Mind, Atlanta Falcons fan cast. I'm John, one of your hosts, joined again by my special guest host this week, Troy, filling in for Mike while he's on vacation. Troy, happy, well, whatever you want to say, Mary, happy New Year's Eve, man. Yeah, no, it's New Year's Eve. Who would have thought we're almost at 2022? I, I like to call it the, this year as 2020 part two. I don't even, yeah. it's just. Don't, don't, don't even say that, man. <laughs> I've, I've heard people like on Twitter and stuff saying that. I don't even want to hear we're going to have a repeat of 2020. No, no, I was saying this year. This year is like 2020 part two, 21. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, no doubt. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I hope we can put all that behind us at some point. Though. Yeah, man. I'm so tired of it. Yeah, to say the least. But uh, yeah, so um, yeah, Mike, like I said, he is on uh, vacation this week. I uh, missed the pre or the review show, but he does. Um, we're going to try. He's, he, he sent in a message. Um, so if I can get it on the podcast, I will have it at the end of the podcast. That's just a Happy, you know, basically wishing everybody a New Year's, but also thanking everyone. So he's got to just hopefully, um, if it's on here at the end, then it worked out. If you don't hear his voice at the end, then it didn't work out. He'll tell you on the next episode. <laughs> um, but uh, but just in case it doesn't work out, Mike, uh, you know, he is very appreciative of everyone listening, um, especially through this first, you know, season we started doing this. We started about four or five weeks into the season. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's just very appreciative of everyone and, uh, wishes everyone a very happy new year. Uh, so, but like I said, cross our fingers that, uh, I can get the audio on, uh, to the, to the podcast and, uh, you know, the producer's also off this week. Um, you know, so, <laughs> which there is none, that's all me. Um, before we get started, man, Troy, we did have a five-star review. I wanted to read out, uh, and thanks so much. It is from P P Matrick. And it just says, great listen, and then great podcast. Love the name. Much appreciated, man. Short and sweet. I dig it. Thank awesome. you for, yeah. Yeah, Very thank, cool. yeah, thanks for listening, man. Um, and we did, have an, we did have an email, but it, I'm not going to read it. Uh, so, Terry, if you're listening, um, we got the email. But since, you know, it, it just kind of involves uh, what Mike said on a previous episode, I'm going to wait till Mike's here to read it out because I think he'll, uh, he'll really like it. So, we got your email, man. We appreciate it. We will we will read it out on the next one. Um, and before we get into anything football related or anything Falcons related, we got to talk about uh, the passing this week of John Madden, man. Uh, Eighty five years old. Um, you know, uh, you and I both grew up playing Madden religiously against each other, and I mean, you know, seasons. And I mean, we, Mike's talked about it on the podcast before, like on the actually on the Christmas episode. He's you know he said that was the one thing that him and his brother got every Christmas was the Madden game, you know, so it's same. Yeah. That's, that's my childhood. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't know what our all time record is head to head, but uh, yeah, I mean, my, my best memories of much or some of my best memories of my childhood is playing Madden and listening to John Madden and Pat Summerall kind of do yeah. their thing. In the booth. So no, that's a terrible loss. He's definitely a legend. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I um, same. I mean, you know, the, anytime you saw those guys on, it was a, Important game, big game. I mean, you know, you remember the Thanksgiving games, you know, and uh, just just iconic, man. I mean, that was, you know, and that was before, of course, you know, we his his coaching days are before our time. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, legend and coaching and then just made an entirely new, I mean, I mean, built up and I mean, a, a empire basically out of the Madden game. And, um, you know, it's it only and it's funny looking back at some of the stuff. I mean, like, you know, the reason he even agreed to it because he wanted the football game to be as real as possible he wanted it to help he wanted it to help people learn the game and 
actually, you know, having have fun with it at the same time. So um, I don't know if you saw some of the insane takes on Twitter this week, some people talking about how his yes. game led to the <laughs> – contributed to King. I mean, what the – I mean – It's – yeah, I mean, I, I, know, I know you and I both are all over Twitter, and, you know, thankfully Twitter isn't real life, but – man. Some of- some of those takes out there were just a pretty good, uh, I don't know, st- story of how far gone we are as a society. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, so much of it is clickbait. I mean, they just want to get people it, to go on there and respond. And, but I mean, like, I didn't even respond to one dude saying that, you know, how much has he contributed to the head injuries and concussions. I'm like, dude, it, it wasn't, I mean, if you were going to point out Madden, I mean, and the hit stick and stuff like that, I mean, like, you just just listen to a broadcast in the 90s or the 80s anytime somebody got blown up man all the all broadcasters all over it too it didn't matter what it was i mean if you were a kid growing up playing football you wanted to hit the guy as hard as you could like if you i mean if you had that mentality that didn't matter uh, whether no, you were playing that's, that's, Madden that's, or not absolutely i mean no a funny one that a funny one that i saw is uh john madden and his video games are responsible for most of us being better at clock management than mike mccarthy that's awesome <laughs> could throw Dan Quinn in there too. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's very, very true. That's funny, um, but yeah, no, I mean, but that that just you know, and, and of course, you know, right when the, you see it nowadays too, somebody passes away and all of a sudden gets piled on. It's just, it's amazing. Yep. Dance on his grave. Yep. It's yeah, crazy. I, I don't get it, man. Um, but like you said, different uh, different culture nowadays, um, say the least. Um, anyway, so getting on to a few Falcons news and notes, uh, we did sign Matt Barkley. Uh, a couple of days ago, um, just because I guess Felipe Franks was in COVID protocol. Uh, so hopefully he doesn't see the field. I mean, if he does, we're in really, really bad shape. We're, we're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but that's just, you know, a little off the cuff signing there. And I did see this morning we signed another offensive lineman. I believe it was uh, John Leonard or something like that. I can't remember his name exactly, but it was, uh, again, somebody that for, because uh, Spriggs is on the COVID list, uh, we needed somebody just, uh, you know, the oh shit kind of guy to, in case we have to go to him. But, uh, and then they, I know they, I didn't watch the entire Dean Pease press conference, but the, he did have a funny quote. Um, they asked him about uh, how would he stop Jared Allen this week or Jared, Josh Allen this week. And uh, he said, not let him off the bus. That's so, all right. Yeah, I mean, that's about looking at some of this. Yeah, man, uh, it's, yeah, exactly right. Um, and then there was a cool story this week on Foyer by uh, by Josh Kendall at The Athletic, just talking about how, you know, basically how he's just come of age this season. I mean, uh, last week, 13 tackles against Detroit, um, giving him 10 games this season with double-digit tackles, both most by any Atlanta player since 2000, which is pretty impressive. Um, he did win Defensive Player of the Week, after his big pick in the end of the at the end of the game, um, this year he's second NFL in tackles, 166 on pace for 188, which be the which would be the most by a Falcons player since Keith Brooking, in, which he had uh, 207 in two, 2003. And then uh, he's played 951 snaps this year, the most by any Atlanta defender, and the ninth most on defense in the league. And uh, I mean, that just shows you how valuable he is to to that defense and what you know. And Dion even talked about it. Debo talked about it, how he stepped into that leader role and just and just taking with you know taking it, and he's been like you know Pease has said before, um, and he you know I'm paraphrasing what he said, but that he's a big dude, which he likes his linebacker, his middle, his Mike linebackers to be big dudes. He can run quick. He's going to hit you smart. I mean, like we like you know we talked about doesn't hurt that you know the guys from Yale and you know 
has a pretty good head on his shoulders. So yep. um, it's going to be interesting to see how they uh, treat his contract because I don't even know. I mean, clearly they're going to look at some market comps and see kind of where he lines up, but he could be interesting. Uh, there'll be some teams interested with, with his, you uh, know, I don't know. No doubt, but they need to pay that man. They got, they got to find a way to keep him. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I thought that was a pretty cool uh, story there. And then um, looking at just some off the wall, I got I mean, like what the hell type of facts here that you would never uh, guess. Um, the Falcons have forced at least one turnover in 11 consecutive games, which is the longest active streak in the NFL. That's insane. It's just bizarre. I mean, I just never would have guessed that. Um, I mean, who would after watching this year? I mean, that's, mm. uh, and then the next, the second one, this is from secret base on Twitter. And I've actually found it through Falcons corner, um, who we've, we've referenced him before he does a blog, uh, a good blog actually, uh, for the Falcons. So every NFL team's defense through week 16, uh, there's been one team to not allow a play over 40 yards, and that would be us, the Falcons. So they don't allow big plays. Yeah, we allow the little tiny ones. Just, to get just a lot of small plays. <laughs> a ton of small plays <laughs> that just eat us up down the field. And if y'all can hear me, can you hear my dog barking? Yeah, I kind of can. Yeah, well, uh, I don't know. I guess somebody's here, maybe Amazon or something. <laughs> we keep it's like amazon's came every day for the last i don't know how long um but yeah that's uh that that's pretty crazy facts right there um just like i said not something out of left field i would not have guessed um based on our defense but i mean we have been uh, very much i mean we bend a hell of a lot and we break sometimes but i yeah. mean it's you know i mean the fact we're not giving i mean a lot of that too i mean it's due to our back end i mean with aj Blocking down yep. his side of the field pretty well. He'll have his hands full this week uh, whenever he's lined up against Stephon Diggs. But, um, yeah, so it's, it's, that's pretty cool. Um, let's see, getting on to the Bills preview now. Man, I was doing some research on this and looking at the, the season for the, that the Bills have had. And it's up and down. I mean, for the most part, uh, the records aren't so – I mean – they're not, they only have two more wins than we do, <laughs> which is, uh, which is funny. Um, they have absolutely just demolished some teams. I mean, like blowing them out. They had a, uh, a 40 to nothing win against the Texans. They had a 35 to nothing win against the Dolphins. Um, the streaking Dolphins now, ironically enough. Um, yeah. Yeah. They beat the, yeah. They beat the Colts 41, 15. Um, but then, you know, they lost the Jaguars, uh, which was very odd nine to six. Um, <laughs> It's, I don't know how that happened. I just don't know how that happened. Um, but, you know, it's the NFL, man. I mean, it's uh, that's what me and Mike talk about every week is, I mean, you you can easily look at paper and say, well, we should, like on this game particularly, like we were just talking about before the show, I mean, if you look at it on paper, we shouldn't even book the tickets to go up there. Like there's no reason for us to take this flight. And, uh, and looking, I mean, you know, the Patriots uh, last week, they took care of them pretty well. Um, and uh, so – yeah, so I don't know, they, they lost at home against the Patriots yeah. in New England and yeah. within a matter of like four weeks, which is mm -hmm. kind of, but you're right. NFL. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and, uh, and then Lynn, you've got, I know you've got a few stats you want to share too. Before we get to that, the, uh, just to look over the injury list, you know, injury slash COVID list, um, as COVID continues to wreck the sports world, um, which, by the way, man, how did the Hawks not – I'm going to get off on this, but how do we not get a game canceled? 
Yep, everybody else is, and, and we're running out there with, you know, no forwards and I guess literally with Collins. I watched the Bulls game the other night. Collins, I mean, sorry, uh, uh, Cam, Trey, and uh, freaking uh, center. Oh, uh, Cabela? Or? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was the only three dudes we had. Yeah. 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 And I mean, they, the rest of them were College Park Skyhawks. I mean, and then yeah. I just, I was, I couldn't believe it. No, that's insane. I don't know why the NBA doesn't want to throw us a bone and wants us to continue trotting out the, yeah, the, the G League team. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, sorry. I kind of why I just blanked on Capella. Actually, I do know because in August, full disclosure, I woke up at 930. We are recording this uh, about 45 minutes after I woke up on uh, New Year's Eve morning. And I, I do have my coffee, though, my favorite New yeah, Year's coffee. Go. With the old Falcon and the red, it's pretty solid. All, yeah, right. all kinds of so, Falcon swag going on today, dude. I got a ton of Falcon stuff for. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm so like if we talked about the Christmas, I'm so I'm so easy, man. It's like ah, oh, yeah. they like that. I mean, just pick that out. <laughs> I like that. Um, so anyway, back to the injury report. <clears throat> yeah, so they're pretty healthy, man. Um, per ESPN, the Bills activated Cole Beasley and Gabriel Davis, offensive lineman John Feliciano, and defensive end AJ uh, Epinesa from the reserve COVID list on Wednesday uh, provides a huge boost against, uh, obviously, I don't know if they needed it, but it provides a huge boost against us. Um, they, you know, since the new guidelines of CDC, because those guidelines continually change seemingly every week as well. You know, I think if you poo between the hours of 10 and two, I think you're safe to go out. Um, after that, I don't know. It's just getting, I don't know. I can't even follow it anymore. Um, but anyway, uh, isolation time has now been set for five days for all players vaccinated or unvaccinated who test positive. Uh, so, um, so as long as the player is asymptomatic or can demonstrate that the symptoms are resolving, which I guess that's very, very gray. So, so is there an actual requirement for a negative test? Or uh, it doesn't seem like there is, right? It doesn't seem like it is. I don't know. Asymptomatic and you test positive five days after that, regardless of whether you still have COVID or not, you're back in. Or you're as back long out. as your symptoms are resolving. Which who okay. does what, who, whatever, whatever that means? Okay, I don't know who does the team doctor say, yeah, you or you just go and say, yeah, mine. I mean, yeah, mine are know, man. If it's if it's, uh, I mean, I know it affects everyone differently. I mean, clearly, because I mean, we've had it. I mean, we had Delta and it beat our ass, um, for a few weeks. Um, mm -hmm. but I mean, everybody that I know that, that has Omicron, which actually is quite a lot of people right now, I mean, it's you know, runny nose, a little bit tired. Like, I don't know anybody that's got really, really terrible symptoms from it. I'm sure it exists. Don't get me wrong. But I just, I mean, from the people I know, that's not, it's nothing like Delta was or the previous whatever. That's the same thing I've heard. And I, I guess to the NFL's credit, you, you do need to adjust based on new information. And if Absolutely. play is as, as weak or, you know, cold-like as they say, then yeah, I mean, what, why, what are we, why are we doing anything? Why are we even testing asymptomatic people that, yep. Yeah, I know. So, anyway, uh, like I don't want to get off on a COVID rant because, man, uh, <laughs> like I said, episode. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, looking at like I said, their their injury report. Emmanuel Sanders uh, is questionable. He did not practice on Thursday with a knee issue. Um, Jordan Poyer, they're really really good safety. One of their two, actually, both safeties are really good. Um, he's questionable. Uh, Taiwan Jones, running back, questionable. Mario Addison, who's a really good situational uh, pass rusher, questionable. Ed Oliver, questionable. Uh, Vernon Butler, questionable. Yeah, so – and then Ike 
Boatger was placed on an injured reserve on Monday after he tore his Achilles against the, the Bills. So, and their offensive line's been not great this year either. Um, Allen's had to kind of, but that dude's arm doesn't matter. I mean, he can throw upside down. Doesn't matter what position he's in, he's going to throw a dart. Okay. Apparently, uh, some of those throws he made last week, moving to his left, throwing a dart across the field. I mean, that's that is next level arm talent, man. Um, but yeah, so they're overall there. I mean, if Emmanuel Sanders doesn't play that will be a benefit to us because God knows uh, if wherever Diggs is, if he's not on Terrell, if Terrell's not on guarding Diggs, he will be double teamed by whoever else uh, even. And I mean, and that actually goes into our, uh, our list of people uh, that are out. Um, and Fabian Moreau is questionable, which could be really, really big um, because if he's not at full strength and he's got a rib injury, um that could really hurt on the other side of the field because uh, also and these and these guys that are in the COVID protocol they do have a chance to come off um and be ready for the game um this hasn't happened as of yet as of friday morning so richie grant is out with the covid protocol so is free play felipe franks james Walters, brandon copeland tajay sharp all out with the COVID protocol but again they do have a chance to uh the test and or i guess with the new whatever be asymptomatic and be able to play um and then uh other just non-covid related injuries um actually no fabian moreau would be it <laughs> everybody else is the COVID. it's crazy um mm -hmm. yeah marlon davidson is out place on covid list tyler davidson covid list so yeah it's everybody's covid list except for uh fabian who's just has the rib injury so yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, going into, like I said, I mean, we're going to need all the help we can get against uh, Diggs and, uh, and Allen. But I know you said you had some, uh, a couple of crazy stats to, or whatever, news to share. So go yeah, ahead. So, so, I mean, I think this, this is a classic example of, you know, the bully versus the team or the bully and the Bills versus the team and the Falcons that kind of have, been bullied against better teams this year. So kind of a fascinating stat to me that I heard this week is the Falcons have played five teams, six games. They played the Bucks twice that, you know, based on current probability, you know, 538 odds had a greater than 50% chance of making the playoffs. So, so those five teams are the Eagles, Bucks twice, Cowboys, Patriots, and 49ers. In those six games, they had been outscored 209 to 64. So minus 145 point differential. So I got here, we, we know they're seven and eight. The overall point differentials uh, minus 122, which isn't great, but as you know, that's all, that's all against the good teams. You know, they, as we, as we said a million times, they play the, you know, the mid tier and bad teams pretty well and have found a way to win those close games, but they've gotten pretty well blown out by the better teams. So on the flip side of that, the Bills, and I know, John, you kind of walked through their schedule and some of their some of their games. And they've had some weird games, like you mentioned. I mean, they lost the Jags yeah. you know, on the road, which is just bizarre. But against those same type of teams, um, you know, greater than 50% chance of making the playoffs, they are 7-2 with a plus 172-point differential. So they have pretty well manhandled the good teams. So – to your point, yes. I mean, on paper, Falcons shouldn't even make the plane ride to Buffalo, but it's the NFL, anything could happen. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention is weather. Uh, Falcons have not played in sub-50-degree temperature all year. 
obviously, you know, primarily a dome team other than the roof being open occasionally in Atlanta, but haven't played in, you know, what I would consider cold weather all year. Current forecast for Buffalo for Sunday is a high of 29, 60% chance of snow. Toasty. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In the 25 mile an hour wind. So the wind might, you know, maybe slow, slow the passing game down a little bit, but Josh Allen, man, he, you know, he can make it, he, he can get it done with his feet. You know, they have a good running game, you know, between Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, Matt Breida, and of course, Josh Allen. So yeah. I know that you're going to slow down the bills. I don't know how Jacksonville did, but uh, yeah, that's just a bizarre, <laughs> but yeah. So just some kind of interesting stats going into the game. Um, you know, again, on paper, doesn't look good for the, for our Falcons. Yeah. I mean, I watched the, um, the, the first, the Patriots when they played at the bills um, that, and that was probably one of the most boring games I've ever seen in my life because I think Matt Jones threw the, threw the ball maybe three times um <laughs> during the game when they ran every I mean which you know if that may like you said if the wind is a big factor then yeah we might be you know running the ball a lot because I mean but you know I'm going to trust that Josh Allen can still make some of those passes even in the wind he, he can so no, his arm strength and yeah he, he can yeah um, too much. yeah and taking a quick look at the uh at the offensive and defensive rankings I mean um the Bills offense, uh, they're sixth overall in total offense, around 381 yards per game, seventh in passing, 261 yards a game, 11th in rushing, 120 yards a game, third in points per game, scored at 28 and a half. Um, against our defense now, this doesn't look great. Uh, we're 24th in total D, uh, giving up 365 yards per game, 23rd in pass defense. Uh, we're pretty consistent, 22nd in rush defense and 28th in points allowed at 26.7. So all that just, I mean, uh, yeah. Um, and then our offense, 25th in total offense, 310 yards a game, 16th in passing, 31st, almost dead last in rushing, 86, and 25th in scoring at 18.5. And their defense, first in total D at 288 yards allowed per game, first in passing defense at 173 yards allowed per game, uh, 17th in rush defense, 115, which is really their only blip. I mean, to be honest, uh, and they're we third. Can't, in, we can't run the ball, <laughs> right? And they're third in points allowed at 17.6. Uh, as far as turnovers go, they're plus 10. And regardless of us getting 11 straight games, at least eight turnover, we are still minus five. So how, so how is that possible? <laughs> we get like one. Yeah, no. we, get, we get our one, and that's it. Yeah, and then we turn it over twice. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, look at just looking at the overall. I mean, like I said, the rest defense is it. I mean, their pass defense. I mean, uh, like we said, Tredavious White, I think, is out. Um, he's been out, but I mean, and that he's a fantastic corner. But they've got two really good corners anyway, and two of the best safeties in the league. Um, both those guys uh have five interceptions each from the safety position, Micah Hyde and Jordan Jordan Poyer. Um and their sack, they don't, they don't have a lot of sacks, a ton of sacks as far as one guy, but they have, they're spread out pretty over the, I mean, the leading sack leader is F.A. Obata at 3.5. Um, and I mean, everybody else, one, I'm sorry, Mario Addison has four. I missed that guy. But um, again, he's more of a situational uh, pass rusher, but, you know, there's a lot of guys have one, half, one and a half. I mean, they kind of spread it around as far as when it comes to sacks. Um, but, I mean, with our offensive line issues, I mean, they've got to be just foaming at the mouth uh, to kind of just rush and get after these guys, especially, I mean, I guess some silver lining there. I mean, Mayfield has played in the cold weather 
<laughs> at Michigan. Uh, Lister has played in the cold weather at Boston College. Is, is, that, is that really silver lining for you with Mayfield? Does basically, anything give you hope with him? <laughs> basically, he, that he won't get cold during the game. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> yeah. was, uh, I don't know what else to say about him. Um, yeah, so uh, like I said, looking at that, man, I mean, the, like you said, it's NFL. I mean, we – I'm not even going to talk about the playoffs. We have a still – if by God knows what – if we win this game, I mean, it's going to be amazing. It'll just be ridiculous because we are now, I think, 14-and-a-half-point underdogs last night. I've seen you. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, I honestly see it being, like, unfortunately, like a 40 to 10 type of game. <laughs> I mean, I hope I'm wrong, but that's kind of what I see it as. Um, unless the weather just really gets involved and the, the Bills get a decent lead and they just get kind of conservative and just – basically just protect the lead because knowing we're not going to have much of a chance to come back. Um, you know, and these in games like these too, I mean, you always wonder how much the underdog goes in. Just we have nothing to lose, literally nothing to lose. I mean, yep. so, yep. I mean, we'll see what kind of, you know, we'll see the weather will dictate a lot because, you know, you can't just open up a playbook and start going, doing different things when you've got 30 mile an hour winds and snow and, you know, yep. conditions that the player's not used to. So we'll see what happens with it. But, um, I mean, we. I think if we by chance pull this off, the Eagles have to lose twice. The Vikings need to lose, and something else needs to happen, and then we may, then we have to win next week. <laughs> yeah, so, I, mean, I mean, it's this is possible, but I mean, it's not. So you're saying there's a chance? Yeah, basically what it boils down to. Um, and then individually, I mean, like we we talked about Josh Allen. I mean, uh, this year. He's only been pressured 26%, uh, which I'm, I'm saying only, that's actually a pretty high rate because um, that's right around the time, right around the amount that uh, Matt's been pressured. He just hasn't been hit as much, um, which nobody has been hit as much. He only has 57 QB hits. And, uh, Matt's, you know, well over 100. So mm -hmm. um, we're, we're well up there. Um, he's been hurried 84 times. Um, he's been, they've, they've blitzed him 160 times over the year, course of the year uh, with, you know, which says, I don't know what that says really about the offensive line other than, I mean, it's only given up 26, 25 sacks. I mean, I guess, you know, even with their issues, a lot of that's him, though, getting out of the pocket, using his legs, because he is the team's second leading rusher. I saw that, yep. I mean, yeah, 102 attempts, 619 yards. He's averaging, man, what is that? He's averaging like six yards a clip almost. Um, yeah, 6.1. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty solid. <laughs> for. Um, I mean, granted, because, you know, a lot of the times, you know, teams aren't prepared for the quarterback to get out of the pocket and take off. And, I mean, that's – unfortunately, he does that really well. And like you said, Zach Moss uh, right behind him in, in third. Uh, Receiving-wise, Stefan Diggs obviously leads their uh, core by a lot. Nine touchdowns, uh, over uh, almost 1,100 yards. Uh, played in all 15 games at 141 targets. The next closest, Cole Beasley, 101 targets, 640 yards. And that guy, I mean, he's – He's like a, he, he may be more dangerous than Stefan Diggs because of just how teams beat us. I mean, he, he's he's the slant captain he's, of the world. Exactly. Yep. So, he's, I mean, he's the dink and dunk guy. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, if they do that, then you know, any of them and other mentionables, Dawson Knox, like you said, Emmanuel Sanders, who's questionable, Devin Singletary out of the backfield catching the ball. Um, so yeah, I mean, did, I didn't even realize Mitchell Trubisky was their backup until I started looking at this. I forgot yeah, he was even around. He hasn't, hasn't played much, though. I think he only has seven attempts all year. Yeah, yeah. well, thankfully for them. 
Otherwise, yeah. he'd be in trouble. Um, but yeah. like I said, yeah, like I said on defense, I mean, their two safeties anchor that defense. Uh, they're back the back part of their second. I mean, the secondary is really good. It just, I mean, there's no other way around it. Um, which with Russell Gage as your number one going against, uh, I mean, I, I would think they're going to key in on pits pretty heavily and they're going to force, I, I would be, if I'm Buffalo, I'm going one-on-one, man-on-man with the receivers, making sure Pitts is taken care of. And if they're able to beat you with that wind, and then, hey, can't, you know, good yep. for you. But if I, I, I don't see other, I, like I said, I don't, I just don't know how we really score. Um, <laughs> I mean, because you, everywhere you look, I mean, we can't run the ball that well. We occasionally can. Um, ah, man, I don't know. It's just, this is, this is going to be a tough matchup. It's, Maybe the one of the toughest matchups we've seen all year outside of maybe the Cowboys. But yeah, and so I don't know, man. So uh, what's your overall score prediction? Yeah, so my uh, optimistic prediction is Bills 30, Falcons 17. And I think, you know, kind of, I guess, big picture, what I think is going to happen is, you know, the Bills will get up early, get a pretty solid lead, and then kind of yeah. slow it down, go to the ground, maybe you know, not run up the score like they probably could or should. And the Falcons may get a, you know, a touchdown late to do the, do the good old backdoor cover. But again, I mean, I, that's, that's my optimistic predict prediction. It could easily be a, you know, 40 to seven type of type of game, but yeah. I'm hoping that, that, that doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, I'll go ahead and tell you Mike's prediction. He did not make this prediction. I just know <laughs> him well enough to know that he will not pick the bills to win. He will pick up, go up there and upset him. Um, <laughs> So Mike's going to say uh, 10 to 3. He's going to say our defense shows yeah, up. Yeah, okay. It's a low-scoring <laughs> defensive battle. I like it. Yeah. Again, Mike did not pick that at all. I just pulled that right out of my ass because – but Mike <laughs> literally picks the Falcons to win every week. He's not he will pick, not pick them to lose. <laughs> he will not. So I love him for it. Um, yeah. I am far more uh, pragmatic, I guess you could say. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't see us having a chance to win, honestly. Uh yeah, I think it's I think it's probably a thirty to uh, ten. I'll say thirty ten, you know, type of thing. Um, I hope I'm wrong. Hope we uh, do cover. I mean, I don't. What well, doesn't matter? I don't care if we cover. I hope cover doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, we I don't. Win. Yeah, I don't have money on the game, so I don't. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, um, I never ever bet. I can't bet on your. You can't bet on your your team. If you bet on your team, you got. You probably should check yeah, yourself. You're, into you're, you're you're setting yourself up for heartbreak, even more than just the loss. Yeah, like you just can't because you just you can't be you know. I mean, well, I guess I can be realistic about it most of the time, but you know, even I don't know. You you always, I, I guess, as a Falcons fan, we're a special breed, so we're we're optimistic, but we're we're so ingrained <laughs> pessimism that we kind of yeah. understand that you know exactly. Yeah, I don't even – we're an odd breed. So, um, but, yeah, so, I mean, realistically, man, though, what do you want to see from 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 them this game? Like, we'll just – I mean, as a whole – I mean, score aside, like, what do you want to see? Yep. No, 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 I, I want to see fight. Um, I want to see them, you know, play the entire game, stay in it. I, I don't want to get blown out. Um, you know, like we talked about, these types of games against the upper echelon in the league have, have not went well for the Falcons this year. So, I just want to see them just – just compete, you know, and, and hang in the game, you know, basically not get blown out. That, yeah. That's and I, I hate to even say that, but you know, they they have not played well against against the better teams in the league this year, and they, they need to they need to reverse that this week. Yeah, I agree. Um, 
I mean, we have a ton of young players. You said it over and over again, um, you know, playing against guys like these. And it, yeah, we say, it, yeah, it's the NFL. Anything can happen. The Jaguars won. But position positionally, we are woefully uh, undermatched um, by by just looking at the just you can go you can go across the line. You know, there's probably three guys we would take if we're on from the Falcons, if we're building a team based on these two teams. Um, yep. You know, maybe. I mean, uh, you know, Pitts being one, AJ being two. I guess maybe. I mean, Matt and Josh. I don't know, man. Josh younger, bigger arm. That's, that's, I mean, it's a tough one. I mean, there's not one receiver I would take over Stephon Diggs. Uh, definitely not. Yeah, offensive line. I'm sure there's a few washes in there. I'm not an expert on the Bills' offensive line by any stretch of the imagination, but obviously we know our own issues we've had with our guys this year outside of Listrom, um, who's just been. I think I saw again, man, that dude is like PFFs, one of his, the top rated guards this year by pro football focus, which is awesome. I mean, like, you know, we need, we need a bright spot on the, on the offensive line for God's sake. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, I want to see him fight. I don't want to see if it starts getting ugly, it just snowballs and, you know, yep. gets worse and worse and worse. And just like, you know, yep. like no fight left in him. I mean, I, um, you know, the, the weather could be an equalizer of sorts, you know, if things kind of, you know, aren't, it, it's, it's just, there's a lot of variables in this game that could, you know, that are outside of football that could uh, could affect it. Um, but I want to see if the guys are healthy, man, I want to see Grant Keeper, you know, he had a good, great game last week for him. I think it was his best game of the year. Um, see him build on that, see some of the other, other younger guys. Uh, I, I want to see, I mean, AJ has performed against every receiver he's went against this year. Um, so I want to match up. Yeah, it's going to be a really, really good matchup with Diggs. Uh, I want to see how that that plays out. Um, hopefully Moreau, like I said, is healthy, because if not, we're going to have a really, really bad time on the other side of the field. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I was, like I said, I just want to go up there, fight, come back, ready for the Saints, close out the season, and then we'll get on to draft talk and free agents and a whole other you know conversation at that point um so to wrap up on that uh topic on the bills uh getting into the college playoff games which is today in a few hours about four and a half hours is when uh, alabama and cincinnati will kick off and we'll touch on both these games a little bit because like we said on the last on the last show troy and i both are big college fans so and this is one of the bigger days of the year for the college football it's so, probably the best day of the year in my opinion absolutely i mean and uh so intriguing the first matchup um alabama and, and cincinnati obviously me uh, myself being an alabama fan i i mean last i checked i think they were 13 and a half uh favorites Same. yep um i i think it's one of those sneaky games if you remember the matchup uh years ago when utah played bama and the uh and the i think it was a rose bowl oh, no sugar bowl and uh, came in, Bama big favorites, Utah blasted them. <laughs> I mean, uh, but, you know, Cincinnati has got some really, really solid players. Uh, Desmond Ritter at quarterback, uh, and Alabama's had issues in the past with mobile quarterbacks or just any kind of dynamic quarterback. They've not been the best against. Um, I guess you could call Stetson a, a mobile quarterback, though. <laughs> sort of. He's, no, he's, of, yeah. he's not Desmond Ritter, but I mean, like he he can he, run and he, get on top. He, he does have the wills. Yeah, I mean, he can get away. He, yeah. No, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you're you're right. Like historically, even going back years, I mean, that those are the types of quarterbacks that give Nick Saban fits. Mm -hmm. 
you know, scrambling type quarterbacks, you know, going back to Johnny Manziel. And I mean, th those are the guys that can, can beat Alabama. And you're right. Desmond Ritter could be that guy. Um, kind of my comparison, you know, I, I guess is, as close to apples to apples as I can get is, you know, Cincinnati and Georgia in the Peach Bowl last year. And he played pretty well. I mean, I know he was mm -hmm. a, year, a year older, but he didn't play bad in that game. No, so. they, had, they had an opportunity to win that game. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yep. yeah and, and then they've got, I mean, we've, I mean, I, I'm going to be watching closely because uh, for a couple of reasons. I mean, uh, a guy like Ahmad Sauce Gardner, uh, big six foot two corner on the outside, somebody that, could be a fit for the Falcons possibly if they chose to go that direction. I mean, I, I think it's, we talked about it last week. I, I don't know how you don't pick an edge rusher if, if there's a valid one there. Yep. Um, uh, but I'm not opposed to going, if somebody like Gardner's there, I'm not opposed to that either. Because if you have AJ on one side and Gardner on the other side, that, oh, yeah. I mean, that does help just that, just the same way the defensive line will help your secondary or a good, better secondary will help your defensive line as well. So that's um, true, but you still got to get to the quarterback, though. I mean, agreed. Yeah, agreed. You can't, can't guard forever. You, you got to mm -hmm. put some pressure on him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and then Kobe Bryant on the other side. I mean, they have two good corners. I mean, that's. Uh, I mean, I, I don't like. I said, I they they've got some good players. I mean, freaking Jerome Ford was an Alabama transfer. The running back. I mean, solid solid running back. Um, you know, like I said, I, I try to look at it kind of objectively, even though I'm a fan. I think. Uh, they 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 might hang, but I don't see them being able to hang for full full four quarters, especially if. And I don't I don't know that. Look, I mean, uh, the Alabama's defense against Georgia was entirely different than what I've seen or we anybody's seen most of the season. It was like they flipped the switch and was like, okay, we're back to being Alabama now. Um, so I don't know if that was an aberration or if that's okay. They fixed some things. Or to, what? to me, to me, that's the most intriguing thing about this matchup. I mean, the you know your comparison about the Utah game really to me, and I'm not an Alabama fan, so I'm, I'm definitely objective. Is to me those types of games, Saban doesn't that they they truly didn't care. I mean, I hate to yeah. say that they weren't. It wasn't. It wasn't the national championship it, game, <laughs> and it wasn't. And it wasn't a. And it wasn't an opportunity to play the national championship game like right. like today. So I mean, I, yeah, they've they've laid an egg in several games like that over the years, but this isn't that. I mean, this is the, this is the playoff win in advance. Um, the most interesting thing to me about it is just Alabama. You know, I, I watched pretty much all of their bigger games this year. I mean, I watched the Florida game, LSU, Arkansas, Auburn, A&M, and they did not look good this year. I mean, it was, it was kind of head scratching, you know, Alabama still Alabama, Nick Saban still Nick Saban. They, they still got five stars all over the, all over the field in, in several of those games really all the games that I just named, I mean, they, they could have lost, really should have lost a couple, should, could have lost the Auburn game, yep. you know, could have lost Arkansas, did, did obviously lose A&M. And to me, the thing that was so telling about those games is just they got bullied on the lines, both yeah. sides. It just doesn't happen. I mean, mm -hmm. they kind of like the Patriots, they build around the, you know, around the trenches and they win games on the, on the line. And I haven't seen that out of an Alabama team really probably since Saban's first or second year. So, like you said, I mean, that Georgia game, they truly did flip a switch. And it, to me, that's the biggest question. Was that the anomaly or did they, you know, for the season, you know, okay, now it matters. Let's, let's play some football. Mm -hmm. I think you'll know that really quickly in the Cincinnati game, whether they, you know, came to play. And 
you know, I don't think we have a way of knowing that now, but I, I guess my, my big picture, you know, prediction, I guess, would be never bet against Saban in a game that matters, especially against a, you know, a lesser program like Cincinnati. I, I know they're talented and I know Desmond Ritter is a good quarterback and, and has the ability to, to scramble and, you know, kind of, they, they're the kind of got to give Bama fits, but yeah. I think that it might be close for a while, maybe even halftime, be tight, and then they'll probably run away with it in the second half. Yeah, um, that's probably a good call. I, I uh, and you look at the at Bryce Young, the dude doesn't seem to make bad decisions. Yep. Um, and I think they'll have to take the ball away a few times and capitalize on that to, to really, you know, stay in there for four quarters. Um, I think, like you mentioned, the Texas A&M game, I was I watching that game and I was so pissed off. And at the end of the game, I thought, man, I just I really want them to lose this game because they they played so badly that if you win a game like that, then you come out going, man, we played this shitty and we still won. And then, but yep. when you lose it gives Saban every, all the ammunition he yep. needs to go, look, this is what we have to change. And on, on, and also, and I think that as well as the Auburn game, the offensive line got just manhandled in the offense, in the Auburn game. Yep. I mean, not yep. even remotely. I mean, it was, it was like a different <laughs> shell of themselves. And I thought, yep. damn. And that was also the best thing that could happen to him because you've got a ton of like Saban until the Georgia game, here you go, guys, we cannot let this happen against Georgia. And Georgia has obviously a better front than Auburn did. So whatever happened, I don't know what the hell happened, but they they stepped up against Georgia and just, I mean, if that if that offensive line and the, the thing is Cincinnati they've had a really good a a pretty good pass rush all season long for them. Uh, granted, they've never this will be their biggest test by far because you're looking at uh, an offensive line full of first, second, third round. Absolutely, but so, by far. Yeah. So I mean, if and the biggest and then you know I think if they could run the ball with Robinson successfully you know and then if Robinson gets over 100 yards then it's going to be you know I think that's just a recipe for success for Alabama um but like I said crazier things have happened I mean looking at ESPN I think all but like maybe two guys picked picked Alabama you know um but uh yeah we'll see uh, I just think it like you said I, I I think your prediction is probably pretty spot on they might hang in there for a while and Ritter may make a few plays at while you and you know but they're gonna have to they're gonna have to make some they're going, to, they're going to play their best game of the season on basically every position, both sides of the ball. So, yeah, um, yeah we'll see how it goes. But and we, we so, talked about Michigan. Did you have something else so, to say? So, well, no. no. Do, do you have a formal prediction for the, for the band um, game? Hmm. No, I didn't know anything about it, but I can give you one off the cusp. <laughs> uh, I think we – I think Alabama scores 30 – pretty easily well he's i shouldn't say easily i think but they they've been scoring 30 on a pretty regular basis this year um against most everybody so um i don't know i'll say uh i'll say 38 to 24 i'll say it's somewhat close yeah so uh, you know i thought about this and my mine was 40 to 24 so we're, huh. we're top of each other <laughs> nice yeah and that we did not speak about that so yeah no, no we didn't <laughs> um and we did we did talk about the michigan uh, georgia game a little bit on the previous podcast um my thoughts really hasn't changed all that much. Um, I think uh, Georgia's seven and a half point favorite going into the game. Um, we we didn't know, uh, I think, previously which quarterback, but apparently Todd Monken has said that uh, will be Stetson, at least starting the game. So he said he's, uh, I think his, I'm paraphrasing again, but I think he said without a doubt they think they could win a national championship with Stetson and a quarterback. 
I'm not a fan, but I could totally disagree with that statement. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, hey, if you can, hey, great job, you know. But um, yeah, just from what I saw against Bama, I don't know, man. Um, they got a, they're gonna have a tough matchup. I mean, uh, there's both teams like to run the ball. Uh, it's gonna be, I think, a lowish scoring game. I think. Um, but uh, Cade McNamara is no slouch at quarterback. They got some good receivers. Um, of course, Aiden Hutchinson on the defensive line, you know, Heisman Trophy uh, candidate. Um, so, yeah. You can definitely give give someone like Stetson Fitz. Uh, yeah. 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 Think- and then yeah. and then also um, somebody I'll be watching out for is Ojabo on uh, – I think that's how you say his last name uh, – for Michigan. Um, but uh, that's somebody that might be there for us as far as well as, 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 as the draft because I've seen several mock drafts with us taking him, um, which, you know – like I said, I, I, Hutchison gets all the praise on that line because he's got all the numbers and everything. But Ajabo is pretty big, pretty big dude who gets some uh, some nice pressure on the quarterback as well. So be watching that as well because the Georgia offensive line also solid. So uh, we'll see. Man, it's going to be any any uh, anything stand out to you on this game? No, I mean I I think it's another very interesting matchup that I obviously can't wait to watch. Um, really interested to see how Georgia bounces back after their kind of come to came, come to reality against Bama. Um, I think they'll bounce back, though. I really do. I, I don't think they'll, by any means, blow them out. But I think they'll play well. I mean, Cade McNamara, you're right, is no slouch. He's a, he's a solid quarterback, but he's not Bryce Young. Um, you know, that, that game that Bryce Young had against Georgia was obviously – I don't know that it won the Heisman for him, but it was definitely the, the, the nail in the coffin. Yeah. I, I, see, I don't see Cade having that level of a game. It's possible, but I just I don't I don't he see played it. well against Ohio State. You no, know, he no, you're right. He did. And they they I said it last week or earlier in the week, but mm-hmm. I thought Ohio State was the team that probably would match up against, you know, Bama or Georgia in the playoffs. Yeah. Michigan they they made them look pretty bad. So I don't know. I, I'm I'm really all I can say is I'm looking forward to it. I'm yeah. I'm, yeah, I can't even I, I've uh I've talked about this with several people and I can't even uh, put a finger on what I think. Cause it's so, I guess if you'd have seen Georgia play a little differently against Alabama, maybe it'd been the easier game to call. Yeah, But, um, and you, and you like to think Kirby's going to have these, I mean, my God, he's had an entire month almost to, to, to really fix what happened against Alabama. Um, so, I mean, I, clearly they're a talented team. Um, it's just going to depend on whether that back end of the defense can hold up uh, against, you know, some of the Michigan receivers. But like I said, Michigan likes to run the ball too. I mean, Blake Horm uh, has done a good job running the ball for them all year. Offensive line's solid. I mean, Harbaugh's done a good job for the most part uh, recruiting up yeah, there. He's, got, he's gotten the program back a lot back on the, more on the map than it was before him, you know, getting there. Um, they haven't beat Ohio State near as much as, I think, as they thought they would or wanted to. Um, but, I mean, this could be – like I said, I don't even know – I just think it's going to be a – I can't even do a prediction, man. I mean, I just – You got to give us something. Hmm. I'm going to go Michigan wins by a field goal. Uh, oh, okay. 24-21. Okay. So, so, I'm going – I think UGA will pull it out. I think it's going to be another all-SEC matchup, rematch of the SEC championship game. I'm going to go UGA 23-13. I like it. Yeah, I'm, I'm good either way. I don't – a part of me picking Michigan, I, I just kind of want to see Michigan and Alabama if that's you know, like just something different because I, you know, I mean, if it's Georgia again, and I mean, that's that's fine. I mean, um, 
I, I, as I don't know, as a, as a country, I don't know that the, I mean, I think the Alabama Georgia game though was like the highest watch rated game in quite some time. So. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of reminiscent of 2011, you know, LSU. LSU yeah. I, I don't, I don't think the. the was country, that the nine to three or nine to six game? The, the regular yeah. season game was, yeah. 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 The century and right. Tuscaloosa and then yeah. Alabama skunked them in the, in the championship game, 21, yeah. nothing. LSU didn't even cross midfield. That's right. But I, it's kind of reminiscent to that, but. I mean, I, personally, I don't think either of those, either of these teams this year are as good as those teams were, the Bama LSU teams of, of 2010, 2011. Those, those I, defenses then were. Oh, that was just a diff, different era. Yeah. yeah, yeah that, that entire. Totally. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, no, I'm not, a, I'm not an SEC guy to the point where I, oh yeah, I want to see a rematch because no. I don't, truly, I don't want to see a rematch. Yeah. I mean, we've already seen that game. We saw mm-hmm. it. Not just, it wasn't three months ago it was what three weeks ago yeah uh, so that's not what i'm wanting i just think i think that's what's going to happen yeah no, no. And, i know i mean if, of I, course i wouldn't be yeah my, my feelings wouldn't be hurt if it doesn't happen but i just i think that both teams are probably just too strong yeah i mean and of course all of our georgia friends i mean of course they want to see the game again because that means they have a chance to, to beat bama well, again yeah. and then have one in that championship but uh yeah i i'm with you uh you know i don't i don't I, I just hope it's uh, would, would, however it ends up. I just hope it's um, you know a, a good enough game where you know it's not people not tuning in to watch it because I mean it's you know that's that's even if it's George Alabama again. Those are, I mean that's there's a reason those two teams are there. I mean so I mean it'll be inter, there'll be a whole other I guess chess match going on because of what the first game and how that went. Then yep. how they're going to prepare and you know try to. It'll be a Saban versus Kirby <laughs> type of just truly. Uh, I mean, a lot of storylines for sure. Yeah, no, exactly. So, uh, so yeah, that's it for uh, the playoff talk. We just wanted to mention it, like I said, because you know we're not going to get into it deeply because we're not a college football podcast. But we're in the South. We're both college football fans, and we know people like it and want to hear about it. So we're going to talk about it. Um, now, getting on to just random nothingness, which. Uh, me and Mike like to do on a pretty regular basis on this show. New Year's Eve, man. Um, it is not what it used to be for me. I don't know about you. Um, Us either. <laughs> all, all I know is I am OLD. I am officially old now. <laughs> um, so back, I mean, uh, yeah, it's so Liam is 11, um, 11 years old, my son. Uh, you got two four year old twins. Um, so it's been less of a thing for us, probably a little bit longer than you. Um, but yeah, I mean, we basically, uh, Amanda and I, we lived in Las Vegas for uh, about three years. Um, and those were our last three truly like just kind of blow out New Year's type of, because we didn't have a kid then. It was uh, it was just us. We were in Vegas and we had, yeah. It's a good place to be uh, single without kids. Yeah, yeah. Um, New Year's. Yeah, yeah, we, we had some just... I, sh- uh, I, sh- I shouldn't say single, I should right. say married without kids. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, with some of the perks she had from her job, and we had some uh, some chances to do some really cool things. And, uh, I mean, yeah, those New Year's, I'm really foggy on as far as everything that went on those nights, but it was, we had a blast. Um, and, uh, you know, but now, I mean, I mean, Liam, he's at the age now, like, before he would go to bed and we'd, he'd want us to wake him up 
at New Year's so he could just be there, then go back to bed. Like, I think he'll probably want to stay up tonight. Um, and he did, he did last year. He wanted to stay up. He, sometimes he doesn't make it, but, um, you know, we, uh, that's just kind of what we've been doing, but we don't go out anymore. We'll have a few drinks for sure, um, toasting the new year. Um, but pretty boring overall, man. I mean, it's, uh, I've heard though from my friends that have kids that have already graduated, um, that just totally that they reverse back to their 21 year old self <laughs> as soon as the yeah. kids have graduated. <laughs> so maybe we'll go back to partying and, uh, once he's out of the house, but, um, yeah, who knows, but it's, it's, what about you? Uh, we're, we're in the exact same boat. Um, especially with the playoff games being today, we mm. will definitely be watching football until hopefully late, you know, hopefully yeah. like the games won't be boring and turn them off at halftime, but it's, uh, no, we have zero plans, watch a lot of football, probably just hang out, doubt the kids will make it past. Or yeah, probably not. Yeah, no, so they definitely won't make it till New Year's, and they wouldn't know if they did anyways. It doesn't <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I'll, I'll probably be just kind of kicked back, hoping to make it till midnight, might get lucky and may actually make it with my uh, drink of choice in hand, uh, coffee. <laughs> it's fantastic uh coffee um i do love coffee but i will probably have a bourbon in hand more than likely Uh, we we normally uh we normally get champagne and we'll we'll toast uh hi mike's not here but underrated overrated overrated champagne i just i would agree yeah yeah it's to the bubbles man it's just like it fills me up almost i I can't i don't uh, it tastes good for the first few times you're like okay i've had enough of this now and <laughs> the headache i get from it it's just not you know i don't know if that's old me or what it is but yeah I just the, so you're going uh, bourbon huh mm-hmm, yep i'll have a nice bourbon in hand um but uh amanda might actually too she she's actually a big bourbon fan as well uh strangely enough um she likes tequila which I think uh, would be surprising to any of you that had known her because I don't know if you were at that party years ago where she had way too much tequila at our house in Anawaki. And uh, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't we'll just that. say it was the last time she had tequila for probably <laughs> 10 to 15 years. And then um, I don't know how she got back on. I think one of her friends had her try something that had it in it. And she, cause she could for a while there, she couldn't even smell it. I mean, it was like, if it was anywhere near, she just couldn't, you know, so yeah, but she's, she's back, you know, she can do it now, but I, I do, she has developed a taste for bourbon. So yeah, we'll probably uh, toast a bourbon. Um, if Liam's awake, he'll have a, uh, I don't know, apple juice or something like that yeah. <laughs> he'll yeah. toast for us. But uh, any, uh, any shows y'all watch or anything that. Yeah. I mean, kind of grew up watching the, you know, the Dick Clark bill, you know, whatever yeah. uh, show, you know, acts. Mm-hmm at the dick clark but you know i guess ryan seacrest hosts that now yeah. i don't know something probably in the background but nothing like religiously that we have to stay locked into and like i said i mean of the last let's call it four years since the kids have been around we, we might have actually made it to you know the midnight two of those times so so it's, so it's pretty, what, pretty, pretty sad to admit what you're saying is it's really big for you guys yes yes <laughs> exactly yeah, it's, it's it's a huge deal <laughs> could tell um yeah we used to watch uh when i guess mtv was more relevant we used to watch mtv a lot on the you know because i used to have i mean honestly most of the bands that play now for i don't like or same have yeah, music in general with. sucks um, these days yeah, yeah. um <laughs> so i mean unless somebody's got some kind of metal band that you know 
which they don't. Uh, so, um, I mean, a few of the, you know, a few, a few of the rap artists I may tune into, but even some of the newer rap I don't listen to. So, I mean, like it's, uh, I used to, MTV used to be probably one of my, one of the better ones for us. Cause they would have some of the bands that maybe weren't so well known and, you know, not off, not super mainstream, you know, uh, but that's not the case anymore. So, um, that's totally changed, but yeah, same as, same as us, we, or same as you guys, we would have, uh, Ryan, I guess Seacrest on now at the, you know, like you said, the background flipping back and forth between them and somebody else. I mean, I don't even know, dude, I haven't watched MTV in so long, except for the occasional ridiculousness, which still, yeah. which is funny well, every time. Um, yeah. but, uh, I don't even know what's on there anymore. Probably, uh, Jersey shore reunion part <laughs> 35 or some shit. Yeah. Real world um, 878. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the original, uh, original reality tv i guess you could say mm-hmm. um yeah so uh also looking back at 21 man so pretty interesting sports year i guess for us atlanta peoples um what would happen to be uh be either the favorite or if you had to group some favorite moments together what would you say i guess i, I kind of well, know well, what you're probably going to say but well, 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 well dude i mean no yeah. question what the number one is for me um yeah. You know, we, you and I have lived in Atlanta most or all of our lives, and uh, we've been through some pretty rough patches, with at least, especially the last, call it 26 years. So we took a long time for that, for that next Braves World Series, and that was the far and away the highlight of the year for me was the Braves winning the World Series. And I guess more specifically the Jorge Soler homer third inning, game six, that was probably a top three sports moment for me so maybe my in my lifetime oh oh no 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 i'm talking yeah that's what yeah, i'm saying yeah, lifetime. yeah yeah oh not this year no that's by far the, the number one for the year i'm talking in mm-hmm. my lifetime. that was mm-hmm. top three probably so no it was it was a great sports year for us as atlantans that are used to getting our hearts broken and kind of relive over and over atlanta moments um we, we've had too many 28 to threes and infill fly rolls and run first innings against the Cardinals in a yeah a car game and you know it, it's been a never-ending saga so to finally get that monkey off our back after 26 years has been I, I'm not over it yet I'll say that I, I still remind myself just about every day that Braves won the World Series dude I got a I have a new yard flag that's got the World Series uh emblem on it with the Braves I mean like I so I see it every day when I drive out and drive in um yep. yeah I, I mean not to be boring but that's definitely my I mean, I could watch the Jorge Soler home run every Man. day. Repeat. I mean, yep. I mean, it gives me chills every day. I mean, I, I, I still have the game, game six on. I haven't deleted it yet. It's still on. Yeah. My, uh, oh, I'm not going to delete it. Yep. Um, I mean, like uh, the, the DVD, I'm definitely going to buy that. That's got the, you know, I think it's narrated by uh, by Ludacris. Um, and really? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a little, that's a story about the this year. But just, I mean, with everything that happened to the Braves this year, I mean, to, with Acuna getting hurt and I just, I mean, the, the, the deals that, that uh, Anthopolis made at the deadline, bringing in those guys, I mean, just beat, finally beat the Dodgers, you know, and then the, the Astros who, you know, I've, I haven't had any respect for since the whole trash yep. game gate thing. Yep. Um, you know, like Altuve and Correa, those guys, I mean, like, I just, it was just, I'm, I can't describe the feeling I had that night, man. I was just, I mean, I jumped off the couch. I mean, like, I just, I didn't know. I mean, it was just, I mean, leave me, I hugged my son, you know, and Amanda and we were all just, 
it was just amazing. I mean, um, yeah. you know, and then, and like Liam, I mean, like he'll, those are moments I do, like I told him, I said, man, you were so lucky because in 95, I mean, like, like you were what, how old in 95? I was 11. Right. So I was 13, 14. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I remember those, I remember, I remember Marquise catching that ball in left field and I remember David yep. Justice's home run and just, you know, the amazing thing that, you know, the amazing game Glavin pitched. I thought I said, dude, I said, this is going to be so awesome for you because you've got these ridiculous moments like with Solaire yep. and just, I mean, and just the, the, the roller coaster that was this season to for it to happen like this. I mean, just amazing. Um, but uh, a, few, a few other moments for me, man, uh, Trey Young in the garden uh, yes. was so fun yes. to watch. Um, yes, it was. And beat the freaking Knicks, uh, just, you know, any other New York team that's orange and blue, you know, and uh for me on a per, I mean, for any Premier League fans out there, um, Chelsea winning the Champions League was not even close to something they thought was possible. You don't follow that at all, do you? Ed? Not really. I've I've jumped on the Atlanta United yeah. and you know, so I've I've started to watch some soccer, you know, over the over the years. But mm-hmm. I, I, even when I go to games, you know, which going to games is really fun to me. It's the best atmosphere in Atlanta sports right now. Right. Well, half the time, know what the heck's going on. You know, I don't. <laughs> what was that penalty you know what offsides what so yeah. I'll, I'll be honest I don't I don't know much about soccer um a good friend of mine that I work with is a huge soccer nut so he uh has kind of educated me as best as he as he can but I'm I'm dumb and it's taken me a long time to really to really figure it out so yeah so uh I started watching because I, I if you'd have told me young me uh, or even like 20 years old me that I'd be a huge soccer fan at age almost 40 then I've been like no not possible uh completely wrong yeah I've uh I've, I've I started watching Premier League in around 2014 and I knew everybody that I'd already heard or I talked to was either a Liverpool fan a Manchester United fan um you know so I I didn't want to be fan I just I, did, I guess I want to be different I didn't want to pick the teams that I just people all knew of so I just happened to watch the first game I watched was Chelsea against Arsenal and um Chelsea I think what was it they won six to one or something like that it was a crazy amount of goals scored um Eden Hazard was uh who, who's still playing he plays for Madrid amazing game um so I just I just I don't know I just picked Chelsea I was like all right they're gonna be my team I like you know I like, I like that you know end up I mean there, there's an amazing community of Chelsea fans uh, online um, just like any sports team, there's a whole negative, you know, base that, you know, that, you know, like Twitter's Twitter's Twitter. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a wasteland of garbage and then there's also some positivity to it, but. Good, good um, summary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, yeah, long story short. So I've been following and Liam got into it. Of course, when United came around, I started, you know, became a United fan. Um, but yeah, I've, I've, I mean, we play FIFA. He and I play FIFA pretty religiously. So, I mean, we've we've kind of bought in 100%. I don't miss too many Chelsea games. I listen to Chelsea podcast. Um, so, yeah, like I said, but anyway, what they they to give you a short synopsis, they switch they changed coaches like midseason basically, and um, went on a run. We were ninth or tenth in the Premier League. Ended up finishing uh, in the top four to make Champions League again, and then basically the top four of it of every major like conference in Europe play in the uh, Champions League. So, and we ended up winning that and beating Madrid along the way and beating Manchester City in the, in the final, which was, I mean, nobody projected us to do that. So it was, that was a really cool moment for myself. Uh, so any other soccer fans out there, yeah, they'll probably get that one. Um, 
but yeah, that was, like I said, Braves definitely tops it off, followed by the Hawks probably. Um, Obama went in earlier in the season, of course. That, that was kind of last year, but that was, you know, obviously yeah. good too. So um, any, any, any just terrible moments for you this sports season or the sports or like bad moments? Uh, well, I mean, I'm not going to getting hurt. <laughs> yes, that, that, that was definitely a bad, but you know, like you said, the, the way the Braves somehow overcame that and found a way to, to win it was pretty awesome. But mm-hmm. no, I'm, a, I'm an LSU fan. So, uh, you know, s- since about this time, what, two years ago now, it's been a pretty rough patch for, for LSU football. So I think, you know, Watching any LSU game the last year, really two years, has been been pretty rough for me. <laughs> uh, um, I don't. Uh, how do you feel about next year? Uh, it's going to be interesting. I, I will say that you know, obviously, there's all this talk and Twitter chatter over who, yeah. who the coach is going to be. And I mean, Brian Kelly seemed to come out of left field. Um, I think it's going to take him some time. I mean, their recruiting class wasn't any good. Again, yeah. You know, to no one's fault given the circumstances, but I, I don't know what to think. I mean, I, I think that it's kind of an odd hire. He's definitely not the right cultural fit for Baton Rouge, but. Bullshit. I heard the interview. I saw it. That man is from <laughs> my, the my, South. My family. Dude, look, man, look, if y'all have not yeah. seen Brian Kelly's uh, speech at the basketball game, then y'all have to just YouTube that and do yourself a favor <laughs> and listen to Brian Kelly as a Southern uh louisiana i mean native because it's yeah by by you brian uh but no i mean it like he's i think he's a good coach and he's done good name he's kind of wet the bed on the big stage at least historically but he's also at notre dame i mean you're not going to get the c type talent there you know where where you have to be able to read at notre dame you know that's not necessarily a requirement at at lsu so uh, So, so no, I, th- I think he's going to get the players. I think it's just a matter of whether his kind of coaching philosophy and system is going to work, you know, and mm-hmm. see. But I don't know. I'm excited. I mean, I'm, I was kind of ready for a change. You know, it's been a roller coaster of emotions with Coach O over the years. You know, I was very down on him when they hired him. I, you know, I, again, I'm admitting when I'm wrong, but I really wanted Tom Herman. Um, I was at my father-in-law's watching something, some game, and they flashed ESPN flash, you know, LSU didn't announce Tom Herman. I was like, yeah, woo. Mm-hmm. And then, like an hour later, uh, never mind. Uh, Texas to announce Tom Herman. LSU announced Ed Orgeron. I was I was not happy. But then, you know, just a couple short years later, here we are with Got an Eddie. all time. Exactly. So it's been a been a weird few years. But that's welcome to my life as a sports fan. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's. I mean, as long as Brian Kelly speaks with an accent for as long as he's at LSU, I'll be very happy because I, I can, I can listen to that all the time. That's that crack me up, man. Well, well, I mean, you know, t- talking about that, you know, the, the cultural side of it, you know, coach O was the, obviously the oh, man. Yeah. fit for Baton Rouge and we saw where that got us. And then Les Miles, you know, wasn't a cultural fit at all. He was, no. you know, arguably more of a Yankee than, than uh, Brian Kelly is. And mm-hmm. I think that always kind of hurt him. You know, I think a lot of the, you know, the hardcore, LSU, Baton Rouge folks, Louisiana folks were, you know, never really liked that about Les Miles. But if you win games, you win games. And yeah. I think a lot of the knock on Les Miles wasn't his recruiting ability. It was his game management. And, you know, he just did some absolutely idiotic things during the game. Mm-hmm. Great recruiter. And if, if Brian Kelly can be a good recruiter and bring in the right staff around him, he can win games. Yeah. I mean, I'm surprised that um, I thought, 
with Coach O, and o, I know it's more than just being where you're from, but I thought he could recruit that area better than yep. almost anyone just because of that. But well, and he he really did. I mean, he, talent was never his his problem. I, personally, I think that what happened to Coach O is you know that LSU was his dream job. Mm-hmm. Being a natty at his dream job was obviously his you know ultimate goal. And I think kind of once that happened, he kind of just you know turned off the you know took his foot off the gas a little bit. Yeah started focusing on, you know, blonde women and whatever else, you know, and kind of, kind of football was a little bit in the back burner, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's so many rumors out there that you don't know what to believe, but he, he definitely wasn't, wasn't focused on, you know, winning championships in LSU. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see. Uh, we didn't even touch on this, not to go back to Georgia, but um, Dan Lanning leaving to go to Oregon. I mean, uh, I, I guess, I, you know, Kirby made uh, Muschamp and other dude, I can't remember his name, co- you know, defensive coordinator. So that might, might be a little wrinkle in this game as well um, that I didn't yep, yep. really think about. But No, good point. Good point. Yeah. yeah. But, no, I mean, it's. I hope LSU, honestly, I hope they get back to uh, – because it's weird, like the Bama-LSU, it's a rivalry, but to me it's different than like a, than Auburn-Alabama or – you know, something like that. It seems like there's always been like a, cause Chris, the guy that comes on to the saints, you know, that does our saints preview and review, um, huge LSU fan as well. I mean, like massive LSU fan. And, uh, you know, it's, there's always been like a, it's like a healthy respect basically, I think, cause both programs seem to always, it's always a hell of a game. It seems like, you know, and it's just, yeah. it's just different. There's no, there's like, there's no hate from Bama toward LSU. I don't think. I mean, I know, I'm sure there is well, some, well, for some well, people. Well, well, what I would say to that, I guess my rebuttal to that is, I think that at least where we're sitting today, yeah. the the Bama fans don't really view it as much of a rivalry because it really hasn't been. You know, since since the 2010-2011 era, LSU's won one time, I believe. Maybe, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, LSU just hasn't been there like they were, you know, from 2010-11 yeah. back. So, yeah, for the last several years, it really hasn't been a rivalry. That's why that game in 19 meant so much to everybody, the state, mm-hmm. you know, particularly Coach O. But I would say the the hatred today probably is a little one-sided. I mean, I, I can say that, you know, I have a lot of family, a lot of friends that are hardcore, hard, hard, hardcore LSU fans. And, yeah, they all hate Alabama. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that, that would probably be one-sided. I think a lot like, – I have, you know, good friends that are Bama fans too. And I don't think most of them hate LSU because they don't have to. You know, what are we, not in one the last – 10 years or whatever. Yeah, so. well, even, even when it was competitive, though, I mean, like, I I just – I always looked forward to the games because there was always – like, you knew they were going to bring a good defense. You knew we were going to have a good defense. You know, and it was – like you said, they were back then, 2010 and prior, it was a different game. It was just – it was oh, – yeah. it was defense it, it was, and run the ball. It was solid um, – yeah, in the trenches, yep. yeah. Yeah, so it was – it was so I was – and I'm, I guess that makes me old schools, too, is I actually – I love those type of games. I don't I – don't, like it, the aired it out 50 to 45 games. I mean, those, those are exciting games, but I I'm just fine watching a 10 to three, to be honest. I just, I'd love seeing the, I love watching defense. You know, I love watching the guy. I just I don't know. I, I guess like I said, that makes me older or something, but um, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I hope they get, O'Brien gets it back to uh, them to a level where it's, you know, every year it's that, that the first November was it first week in November, pretty much every year. Hey. And Alabama and LSU plays <laughs> it. It's, it's, you know, it's very meaningful, you know, one way or the other, whether it's, you know, has it has implications on that? What's going to happen he, later he, on the season? Yeah, the only other thing I say about Brian Kelly as I hire is is he is the most kind of pedigreed or accomplished hire that they've probably ever had. Even I mean, even Nick That's Saban, true. 
That's true. When they hired him, wasn't some you know powerhouse at Michigan State. Uh, Les Miles certainly wasn't, you know, fairly mediocre at Oklahoma State. Coach O, obviously, we all know his history, never really did anything as a head coach. So, at least Brian Kelly is a proven winner and kind of has that track record of, you know, building and sustaining a program where those guys really didn't. So, I guess, you know, optimistically, if if a Coach O or even a Les Miles can win a national championship, then, you know, why couldn't Brian Kelly? But we shall see. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I guess I hope they get back. I kind of, I mean, the same way I feel about Tennessee. Now, I do hate Tennessee more than LSU. Um, just because Tennessee, I just, I don't know, I've always not liked them. But, um, you know, it was, but when that, when Tennessee was good, when LSU was good, it was, it was just, it was just fun. Man, it was just, it was just, just more fun to watch, you know. I mean, I, I like, I like to have it more competitive. I like the, I don't like it when it's, two or three teams that are top heavy and the rest of the, the divisions are, eh, you know, so the, the more competitive that the, that the SEC can get, it's just, it's already the best conference. I mean, my opinion, I think probably your opinion. Uh, 100%. Um, uh, but yeah, I, just to see those teams kind of get back to where they were, um, even Florida state, I know it's the ACC, but man, I, I miss Florida state being good. Cause that used to be, you know, those Miami Florida state games used to be just epic to watch, yep. you know, so Florida, it's, Florida state. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, so yeah, hopefully those guys and uh, we'll get, I mean, Mario Cristobal, I think, you know, I've got a good friend who's a Miami graduate and uh, you know, he's pretty excited about Cristobal coming back to Miami because I mean, guy played there, understands the culture, should be able to recruit there. No problem. I would think, I mean, I, and I think you may see a, a, a change in Florida where Miami might find themselves right back at the top of the, of the food chain, as far as Florida teams go. Um, and Florida Gators themselves, I don't know what they they've, got themselves a mess but uh man yeah that mullen did not work out i've heard a lot of kind of varying opinions about billy napier um you know he's he's from louise or kind Mm -hmm. of from and uh i mean a lot of like my lsu friends and family that they they wanted him to come to lsu you know they they were Mm -hmm. really um you know for the last several months so i don't know i've heard a lot of smart people thinking that he's going to turn around florida but I, to me, there's no excuse for not winning there. Uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know why Dan Mullen couldn't. I guess he didn't recruit. I guess that's the bottom line. He never really cared about recruiting and never really had those good classes. But I don't know. He didn't, he didn't seem overly bright, man. <laughs> I mean, like, I, well, I mean, I, I, not, I, I mean, I'd be a dick. He just didn't seem like. I mean, no, I, I completely agree. But he, but he was kind of the quarterback whisperer, though. I mean, he always yeah. found a way to to make his quarterbacks better. And even like, like Kyle Trask, for example, you know, he he found a way, I guess, until this year to make these kind of lesser known guys. I mean, he, even like Dak, you know, wasn't right. you know, like a huge recruit. And, no. But uh, I don't know. I really thought he would succeed in Florida. And I don't really understand other than maybe he's not the best X, X's and O's guy. But they never really had top-tier recruiting classes either. And he, he, he no. basically as much that he didn't really – really care about or you know interested in recruiting so yeah i mean in fear like you said if you're in florida and you are the gators the seminoles or miami there's no reason you should not have top talent i mean yep. there's not i mean it's because there's <clears throat> i mean there's that that's along with georgia and texas i mean they put out just an insane amount of talent every year um so yeah so anyway that's uh that's our college i guess our college <laughs> notebooks talk of the day um but like i said it's fun to talk about um a few weird little things or not weird but kind of uh funny things uh just because again we're uh we none of us like the panthers um and none of us like cam newton um 
so since since this, I saw this on NFL memes, you might have saw it. Um, since Cam Newton yelled, "I'm back," you know that you know during that oh, yeah. game, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's been he's zero and five um, since then. Panthers are zero and thirteen in his last thirteen starts as a quarterback. Oh, Three touchdowns and five interceptions. Fantastic, I love it. <laughs> And then another crazy stat by Pro Football Focus, and this is just off. I just happened to see it and it caught my eye. Aaron Rodgers has only thrown an interception on 1.3% of his career attempts. It's insane. Is that not? It's the best in – obviously, it's best in NFL history. I mean yeah. – So, basically, one out of 100 attempts, he's thrown to the wrong team. That's – That's unreal. That's, it yeah. is. Yeah, that's almost – I mean, so uh, – off the cusp. I mean, he taking Brett Favre, he taking Aaron Rodgers. Ooh, in their prime. In their prime. I would have to go Aaron Rodgers. He to me, he's to me, he's more versatile. He can get away. Um, they probably have similar arm strengths, accuracy. Yeah. Uh, Favre was probably more of a gunslinger. You know, he'd, he'd make the pass that he probably shouldn't make, shouldn't make sometimes, but he would oh, also. Yeah. He could also complete the pass that he probably shouldn't complete. So, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know. I, I'd probably have to go Aaron Rodgers. Me too. I never thought I would say that, but uh, yeah, <clears throat> me too. Just over the dice. I mean, and he's, I mean, the era that we've been in with with him and uh, and Brady and I mean the Mannings and like everything. I mean, that's, even the, even the up and comers with Mahomes and mm-hmm. Josh. Allen, I mean, it's it's been a it's been a pretty awesome time to to see some quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah, I know, and uh, <clears throat> yeah, so it'll be. I think. Uh, I think it'll be interesting in the playoffs because, I mean, the Bucks are definitely beatable, um, I think, you know, and, and Green Bay, they're rolling pretty well. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them, especially the way Aaron's playing. Right now. Yeah, I mean, if, if if the NFC goes through Lambeau Field, it's going to be tough to beat the Packers, yeah. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, another, that reminds me of Michael Vick going up there and, and winning that game in Green Bay. That's that right. Was, that, awesome. that, that was probably, you know, talking about all-time Atlanta moments, that's, yeah. that's my top, definitely top five. Maybe it's got to be up there. Yeah, Atlanta. for sure. That was friggin' awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, man. Well, so we pretty much covered everything today that we wanted to get to. Um, like I said at the beginning of the show, uh, Mike's going to hopefully have a uh, message to everyone that's going to be at the end of the show here when we get done. Uh, before I get on to this stuff, man, do you have anything else to add about anything we've talked about? No, good stuff, man. Thanks for having me on again. I've, I've enjoyed it. Yeah, man, of course. Yeah, it's been fun. Um, so, yeah, uh, real quick on how to contact us. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter uh, at Out of Your F and Mind. It's just Out of Your and then F in Mind. Um, we may end up changing that because some people said, you know, like, how do you spell it? And then it's just, you know, we wanted to get it <laughs> close to the name, but it's, you know, it's, it's too long to be that. So we may change it, make it easier, but um you got you, you can probably type in out of your falcon mind and find it out but um anyway uh on instagram out of your falcon mind easy enough um you can uh, join the facebook group uh you can send us an email to atlanta falcon i'm sorry atl falcons fancast at gmail.com uh, like i said terry we got your email man and we will read it out on the next episode with mike um and then uh overall guys look we're 21 episodes in uh, Mike and I started this, um, you know, a few weeks into the season. Uh, we wanted to start it earlier in the, actually in the spring, and it's just like a, our work schedules just didn't allow it, and we could not get it going for either one of us. We finally did. Um, it has been so much fun to do. Uh, 
the interactions we've had so far uh, has been great with all the fans that uh, of, of the team. Uh, we just want to keep that coming. We've got um, the Where in the Falcon Are You segment or series, whatever you want to call uh, coming out soon. We'll have a few guys come on the show that are uh, and if you're not, if you haven't, if you're new to the show, you haven't listened, if you haven't heard before, if you're not from Georgia or Atlanta and you're a Falcons fan, we want to know why in the hell you chose to torture yourself like this. And when did you do it? Was it a player? Was it a coach? Um, was it like me with Chelsea? Was it just, you just didn't want to pick one of the big guns and you're like, I'm just going to pick these guys and ride with them, you know? Um, so, you know, we, 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 you can email us that you can, send it to us on our social media accounts. If you want to be on the show, um, let us know. We can possibly hook that up. Uh, we do have one of those, like I said, going to happen uh, sometime in January. Um, so uh, yeah, overall, like I said, guys, the, the support has been amazing. Um, and through the five-star reviews, we those keep coming in uh, for Spotify and for, uh, for iTunes. If you're on Spotify and left a five-star review, Thank you so much. We can't see that, but uh, it does. We do just we we just obviously can see our ranking. So if you've done that, uh, means so much. And then on iTunes, you can go on there. Um, and like we I read off at the beginning of the show, if you leave us some words, or write something nice, whatever, we'll definitely read it out. Um, if you leave us a five star review, um, we greatly appreciate it. it. Helps other Falcons fans find us. Helps us move up to the top of the list uh, for Falcons podcast. Um, so like I said, overall guys, it's been fantastic. We're going to keep going. We're going to have stuff in the off season as well. Uh, whether it be draft free agents, interviews, we're going to try to get, um, and we're going to reach out to anybody we can, because, you know, the worst thing can happen is they can say no. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Right. So we're going to take as many shots as we can, um, and see what happens. But, uh, yeah. So wishing everybody a very happy new year. Stay safe. Uh, have fun if you're on the road don't drink don't drive don't be stupid um you know and uh anything else guys uh we will look forward to next week we'll be reviewing this game uh hopefully it'll be uh somewhat i don't know manageable <laughs> and not Screw completely it. falcons are gonna win there you go. Thank you. It's, it's, it's gonna be go. all good. It's gonna be all fun. Perfect. <laughs> uh, and then, like I said, we'll get uh, we'll get Chris back on to preview the Saints. Um, and uh, yeah, so we, like I said, we got some more fun things coming up this year. But like I said, guys, just thanks so much for listening this year. Mike and I truly appreciate it. And uh, Troy, we're definitely gonna have you back on, man. I mean, if you, you can become a regular, I think that would be fun. Have a have a third voice in the room, and uh, bring in some college knowledge and other stuff that we can add to the show. It'd be fun. Um, but yeah, so appreciate you having you on this week, guys. Like I said, you all be good, have fun, and we will see you all after the Bills game. Hopefully, everybody comes back healthy and we uh, compete and don't get embarrassed. Uh, and we can finish out the season on a somewhat strong note. So that's about as, about as optimistic as I can get. There you go. <laughs> yes, that's about it. All right, guys, have a great day, and we will see y'all next week. We are out. Hey, everybody, it's Mike, one half of the greatest Atlanta Falcon podcast ever created, Out of Your Falcon Mind podcast, just bringing you a brief holiday message. On behalf of the Out of Your Falcon Mind podcast, I wanted to take some time out of my holiday vacation here to send an extra special thanks to all our regular and new listeners. Me and John are most certainly appreciative of the love and all the comments and all the questions. I want to thank you all, um, especially to my Atlanta Falcon players who have busted their ass this season 
regardless of how the season is going at any particular point. I look forward to rejoining the show this week and continuing to build the dopest Atlanta Falcon community there is, where we all smart and we all make great points, but simultaneously we're all out of our Falcon minds. I love you all. Thank you all. And I want you all to have a blast tonight. But let's also remember to focus some of our energy and resolutions on being better fans, being inclusive of all perspectives, and remaining out of our falcon minds in a world that's trying to make us scared or serious at all times. Have fun, y'all. I love y'all, and thank you for everything. Peace.